Hi, I'm Beth Guckenberger, and welcome to the Punch First Podcast. I'm here with my husband, Todd. I invited him to graciously join us. It's really to hold you accountable. <laughs> yes, make sure all these stories are actually true. Yeah, I just, um, I wanted to model what it looked like to have vulnerable conversations about spiritual things. That was my whole heart when we uh, worked on putting Punch First into print. I, I just wanted catalysts for those kind of conversations. The best conversations I have are with you. So mm-hmm. I thought we'd put some of them on the air. That's awesome. I love it. Okay. Today is about this, this, this story that happens in Mark 4 and 5 and about God's willingness to to cross across what we call the abyss or that Sea of Galilee in order to go to the Decapolis and free the demoniac. And you and I had a chance to go to Israel and go through that journey and stand up on that cliff and think about Jesus throwing those pigs off the cliff. And I remember that what most moved you and I, I mean, everybody was moved in different ways, but you and I were like, I cannot believe he did all of that abyss crossing for one person. Mm Mm-hmm. We had already, our our tagline at Back to Back was already be the difference for one. And we already talked a lot about the leave the 99 to go get the one. And we ha- that is that drives a lot of our ministry life, this idea that every child is wants to be know, known and loved. And how can we help them be seen? And just like, they, it, made, it made me feel like that day, like we are plugged into a much bigger story. Yeah. And I, and I think that we each have someone who crossed the abyss for us, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that also moved us. And when I'll never forget, I, you know, I grew up in a kind of quote unquote Christian home. And then, but I, I went to high school and got involved in Young Life, got invited to Young Life. I didn't know what it was. Actually, my first experience with youth group was, you know, people hugging all the time. And I thought, what are they doing? But, um, I bet a girl invited you to Young Life. Is that right? P- probably. <laughs> um, but, uh, I may or may not. That may or may not be true. Just kidding. <laughs> but um, but I got invited, and and then I got invited to a fall retreat, and I heard the gospel for the first time. I didn't know what the gospel was. I what what is a relationship with Jesus? I mean, it was, and I'll never forget this. You know, my young life leader Rob Hall, who shared the gospel with me, pursued me, pursued me going to the weekend, hearing the gospel, having the conversation in the cabin afterwards with a group of people, and praying to receive Christ together, like that. That pursuit, I mean, if he wouldn't have stepped up, if he wouldn't have been obedient to what God called him to do, to go after the one, mm-hmm. then I, I don't know that I wouldn't be here. I believe that God's bigger than that, but I, but it changed the trajectory of my life. Yeah. And I, I, I love being a Christ follower. Yeah. It's hard sometimes, but I love being a Christ follower. I don't know what I would do without Jesus. That was 35 years ago, and I bet you can picture that cabin oh, and yeah. that, yeah. Every the, detail. Those moments when you realize somebody has sacrificed. I mean, that's really what crossing the abyss is. Is like, I'm, I'm going to say that you and the things about you that are important are important to me. You're, you're worth it. And I think you're good at this. This is a, one of your strengths, Beth. Like some, I don't, you know, where I think we invest in a lot of people are, you know, we love uh, sharing our lives and, and, and in addition to the gospel, um, but you're an abyss crosser for people mm. all the time. You pursue, you pursue, sometimes at, at, at your capacity, but but share some of those stories. <laughs> um, yeah, some of them um, would have to involve some pseudonyms, but certainly this book came, the idea of this book came while I was pursuing someone that I loved who was in a crisis. And we were trying to 
parcel out what part of this crisis is human sin? What part of this crisis is spiritual warfare? What part of this crisis is teachable moment? What part of this crisis? Like, it's just sometimes when you're in the middle of that, like storm, really right before the story of the demoniac, when Jesus was crossing that Sea of Galilee, there was a storm. And that's the story at the end of Mark 4, where Jesus calmed the storm with the words out of his mouth. Sometimes when you're in the middle of that assignment, that holy opportunity to cross the abyss for someone, a storm comes. And then it just feels like a great big giant knot. And you're trying to figure out like, I mean, this is a mess. And I don't I don't have any idea how we're going to get out of this. And I don't know. I don't know which is right or wrong or right or left or like it, it can feel really um, threatening. And so this friend and I, uh, we created this hashtag that anyway, we did. We created this hashtag that was called Damn Devil. And when we would recognize the enemy at the very least taking advantage of human sin, we would say to each other, Damn Devil. Like he doesn't he doesn't have he doesn't have authority in this house. He does not have the ability to take what we have handed him and run any farther. We're gonna take it back out of his hands. We're gonna like just this and and I remember during that time I was listening to this worship song. Um, lots of people sing it now. The upper room s- sings it, and Michael D. Smith sings it, and, and it says, "This is how we fight our battles." And um, it may look like we're surrounded, but we're actually surrounded by Him. That's part of the lyrics, and that's referencing a story in First Kings about when the prophet Elisha was surrounded in his city by what looked like the enemy army. And he tells someone, hey, look around. You think there's a bunch of them. You should really see what's going on. And when the Lord reveals himself to the person that was with Elijah, you can see that there's angel armies literally surrounding the enemy army. And I think I think if I had one wish for this book, it was that people would open their eyes to more than just what feels like is surrounding them. That instead there's these angel armies everywhere around them. And I think one of the privileges we get as brothers and sisters in Christ is to say, I see the angels coming for you. You may just feel like you're surrounded, but it's okay. I'll have the eyes right now. I can see God's coming for you. There's more of him than there is of them. He has a plan for this. And to be able to do that for a friend, it's just, a, I don't know, it's like a real it's an honest to goodness real privilege, even if it costs them. Yeah, and you know what? One thing I love and you have taught me, um, because I don't always start here, but you you never stop believing in the story being over. Yeah. Like you never stop believing in redemption, restoration, reconciliation. And I think rooted in that, not believing that the enemy's ever going to win and can't and won't win mm-hmm. if we stand up to him. And I I love the I love your reference. I, I just read recently the the story of the temptation of Jesus mm-hmm. when when he's tempted in the desert, and literally the last line of it says after he comes out of the temptation. And he says, then the angels came around him to meet his needs. Mm-hmm. And that's not quoted, but like it's I thought that was really powerful. Like it tended like to him, yeah. He withstood the temptation. He t- used the truth to withstand the temptation of scripture, and then and then the angels came around to comfort him. And I think that's super powerful. And and knowing that not only do we have the authority and the power to withstand the temptation, we have the truth to, to direct us in that, but also the angels coming around to comfort us. And I think it's important. Uh, you and I have a friend, uh, Rusty Gevert, who is a prayer warrior and is spiritually sensitive and in tune. I was talking to him the other day. We weren't exactly talking about crossing the abyss, but we were talking about how sometimes God makes people stand out to you in technicolor. Mm. 
And it doesn't always make sense. And we can talk ourselves out of it. Like, I don't even know them. I'm not going to go over there and pray for them. Or or I bet they don't even want me to ask any questions about their personal life because it's kind of private. And they're probably they, they don't, like, I don't want to share it with me. Or I'm not going to make an extra effort because what if they don't get, they don't understand why I'm doing it or they don't appreciate what I'm doing or I get rejected or it's not good enough or like so many ways in which we can talk ourselves out of extending ourselves for someone else. And we can even use words like it's not fair or I mean all kinds of ways we can talk ourselves out of crossing the abyss for people but he and I were just talking about the privilege of being able to walk spiritually in tune and to realize I don't have to write the story I don't even know what the story is I don't have to be in charge of how this thing's gonna end I don't have to figure out how this piece fits with that piece fits with this piece I just if I'm somewhere if I'm in Target and God wants me to say to something to a stranger I open my mouth and say it he can have it land where he wants to he can build it on something he was already telling them he can build on it later that day with somebody else I'm just supposed to be responsive and sometimes you and I know that means we have reached out for people that might seem especially kids like lost causes Mm -hmm. like why in the world would you do that that is not going to end well and um sometimes it's cost us (laughs) a lot and sometimes and and we realize like it makes me think also um this is like a rabbinic story that i heard recently about this rabbi was talking about that he asked a man who asked like, I want to be discipled. Teach me about God's ways. So this rabbi said to this guy, I want you to walk by my house every day in this big rock I have in front of my house. I want you to come and push it for 30 minutes. And I want you to do that for 30 days. So this student of the rabbi was like, that sounds really weird. I thought we were going to like open our Bibles or whatever. But he would walk by and he would push against this rock for 30 minutes for 30 days. And at the end on the 30th day, he said to the rabbi, well, that was an utter waste of my month because the rock hasn't moved and the rabbi said let me see let me see how your tell me how your body's changed in the last 30 days and he talked about how his muscles were stronger the kinds of things he thought about when he was pushing against the rock like he talked about what happened to him from pushing against the rock the the student had been thinking what would happen to the rock it might move like the whole point of this is action but the rabbi's point was actually i i want you to change i don't the rock is going to never move ever it's giant like you are not strong enough to move the rock but i don't i don't actually want you to move the rock i want you to grow and i think sometimes when we cross the abyss it can feel like oh this is not how i thought it would look on the other side of the abyss or i this is not how the story was like i thought a plus b was going to equal c and Man, there is some of the very best stories have been when I've looked back and realized, (laughs) I think the student in the story was me. Mm. I thought that I was being called to help them, but I think actually God was calling, using that storyline in order to grow, move, develop muscles that might be in me. Well, and and how often have we stepped into stories like that and we are, we have no choice but to lean into God. Mm -hmm. No choice but to lean into his strength, his power, his authority, where when we're not leaning into some of those stories, when we're not crossing the abyss, we can kind of get kind of complacent and yeah. lazy might not be the right word, but you know. Selfish. S- yeah, soft, you know, and I think I think, so I think that can happen. Okay, I didn't really tell you I was gonna do this beforehand, but there is no right answer. But just for You anyone, want me to tell a rabbinic story? <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about um, anybody listening. Let's just imagine you're on the metaphorical boat crossing the metaphorical abyss and the storm comes and the knots are being tied and you don't know your way out. Like, 
what do you usually say to God? Like, or, or Satan or yourself or whatever. Like, what does your, what does that sound like inside your head? Hmm. That's a, that's a great question. That's a, <laughs> that's a hard question. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I, uh, I think if I'm, if I'm honest, sometimes the, the storm or the knot comes up because of some sin in my life. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm, I usually do some bad self-talk. Mm-hmm. Start there. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, oh, you suck, Todd. Uh, then I think I round out to more of a bent knee, kind of, okay, I can't do this without you, Jesus. That's probably pretty much how I live my, my days. Mm-hmm. I can't do this without you, Jesus, so please don't leave me alone in this. <laughs> so, uh, and I, and that, I, I think in, in my previous, in previous years, I might have thought that felt like a weakness, but I actually think it's more of a strength. Amen. And because I can't do it without Jesus. I mean, literally, mm-hmm. what we do is really hard. What we do is a lot of abyss crossing. What we do, and and I think our, our world is harder than it's ever been. Yeah. I mean, it's it's full of evil. Yeah. Um, and so I think to step into it, we have to say, okay, God, you have to lead us in this mm. um, and give us the strength to do it. I, and I think, honestly, there have been times, I think, when we, we've we've quit in the abyss mm-hmm. and and then we regret it later. You know, we know we we know we didn't do what God wanted us to Missed do. Missed an opportunity, yeah, yeah. to grow or to yeah, yeah. And be I don't, used by God. Yeah, and I know God has a, you know, we're not responsible for everything. Yeah. But 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 at the same time, if He calls us to do something, we should do it. That's right. It's a good fight. Oh, I think mine. Um, I think I think I used to say things to myself like, "You got this, you got this," and now I realize that um, I say to God, "Oh, you've got this right." <laughs> like, it shifted from. A confidence in myself in the middle of that storm to a confidence in God. Like, I know I'm not drowning. We are getting awful wet out here, but I know we're not drowning. And and ever since I wrote this book, I think also there's a little bit of like, not today, Satan. You're not getting me. You're not getting my people. You're not getting my thought life. You're not getting my marriage. You're not getting. You're not getting me. And that's I want us to add some of that to the kind of conversations we have in the storm. Okay. Well, that is the end of a uh, day four here on our punch first podcast join us tomorrow as we continue the conversation in day five